Bruchem Abom, welcome everyone, Shem Aleichem. Agun Erev Shabbos, Parshas Chaye Sara. I want to encourage everybody, we started this week, Mesecha Shabbos and Mishnah Yomis. If anybody wants to join us learning two Mishnahis today, you could join our group. You learn two Mishnahis today, you could have it sent. Uh, go to our site, RabbiDG.com, you could join our group for Mishnahis, which is uh, sponsored by the uh, Harris family of Cleveland. Um, also, if you haven't uh, seen our Torah Illuminated series, which is really an amazing series, uh, you could join that group as well. So uh, uh, in this year, I want to share with you seven original ideas on Parshas Chayisara. Uh Some of them we've mentioned um, this week. For example, we mentioned the Midrashic teaching of the Al-Karuveni, that Moshe Rabbeinu on some level has access to Mara Samach Pela, and perhaps Remez is that when the Bnei Chai said, Ish mimenu es kivroi lo yichle mimacha, that we will not withhold Ish, that could be a reference to Moshe, as we know the Medrash says in a few places, Moshe was called Ish, like it says, Ish Moshe anav ma'id. Here's an interesting question. You know, Avram Avinu tells Eliezer, don't worry, Hashem will uh, send an angel who yishlach malachay lefanecha. And yet, you look through the whole parsha, and there's no angel. Amravinu said God will send an angel to, to make your trip successful, and there is no angel accompanying Eliezer. So we've said in the past from Rav Meshulam David Salavechik, he brings that Rashi says, Vayan Achiha ve'ima, her brother and her mother answered. Rashi says, "Where did Besuel go?" So Rashi says, "Besuel wanted to interfere, so the Malach came and knocked him off." So that's the Malach. We found the missing Malach. The missing Malach is the Malach that knocked off Besuel. But I would like to answer a little bit differently, very simply. Am Ravina said he'll be accompanied by a Malach. If you look in Rabbeinu Bechaye, Rabbeinu Bechaye says. On the Pasuk, Perkhavdad Pasuk Tezvav, Vayehihu Terem Kilaledaber. The word who is extra. It should say Vayehi Terem Kilaledaber. Why Vayehihu? Who, says Rabbeinu Bechaye, is a remez to the name of Hashem. And this indicates that Hashem was with him in the Shlichos through a Malach that Avram Damind Yishlach Malach Elefanecha. And this is a remez that the Malach will precede him. And before he completed the matter, so the Malach was ready there to prepare Rivka. That is why Rabbeinu Chai says, from this moment on, that uh, Eliezer recognized that the Malach was with him, Vayihihu, he is no longer, he's now called, not Eved Avram, but Ish. Ish. Because Malachim are called Ish. Why? So there is a Malach. The Malach is Ish. Every time it says Ish, it's a reference to the Malach. So I want to share with you something interesting. We pointed out there's an extra word. Vayihihu. And the word who is extra. It should say Vayihiterem. The word who is totally extra. So Rabbeinu B'chai says, Who? V'yeshlis boinen b'toysefes milas who? It should have said Vayihi k'chaloisai. But the word who is the name of Hashem. 
That's the first time the story appears. The second time the story appears, Eliezer says over the story, he says, Ani terem achale. Why does he have to say Ani? The word Ani is extra. He should say terem achale. Maybe we could say, just like Rabbi Nebuchadnezzar said, who is extra is the name of Hashem. Ani is also extra. Ani is also the name of Hashem. And then it comes out, all the Shemites were with him. Both Ani Vehu Hashiana. Why is Vehu Hashem's name? Vehu is a reference to the name Vahai. So it comes out, and now, this gives us, uh, insight into the miracle of the water because we know Ani Vahai is always used to manipulate water. Rabbeinu Bechai says Rivka used it so that the water should rise up for her. It was used to split the Yamsuf. Okay, so this is a, like a hidden allusion to Ani Vahai Hashiana. Next. So Eliezer gives Rivka Beka Mishkalai, jewelry that weighs a half a shekel. So Rashi says, he's being maramis to her, the machtus hashekel. So my friend, Dr. Philip Vratzlatsky of, of uh, San Diego asked, I mean, there's 613 mitzvahs. Why, does, why wasn't he maramis to her, kisoy hadam, or shatnez, or shiluach hakein, or tzitzis? Why is he maramis to her, machtus hashekel? So we could say possibly, Based on the Holy Alshech, but if you want to join us in the north, we're going to be, I think, Be'ezus Hashem, in the shul of the Alshech. The Alshech says that the what? Why Machtus Hashekel? Why not Shekel Shalem? It's to indicate that a tzaddik or tzaddikes by themselves is only half. They need their spouse to be whole. So now it's beautiful why Eliezer's Marame is the Machtus Hashekel. He's trying to tell her. You, as big of a tzaddikah as you are, look, according to, uh, according to uh, the way we look at things, you're only a half a goof. Okay. I think the next one is Gavaldik. Rashi says on the words, when Eliezer tells Lavan and Masol, you know, I told Avram, maybe the woman's not going to want to go after me. So Rashi says, Eliezer had a daughter. And um, he wanted to marry off his daughter to to Yitzchak. So Yaakov said, no, you're an Aror, you're cursed. You come from Canaan. I'm blessed and we can't, we can't mix. So the, uh, they bring a kasha from Rav Chaim Salavechik that this remez should have been the second time, uh, excuse me, the first time. Originally, when... Avram Avinu asks Eliezer to find a wife for Yitzchak. So Eliezer should have said, you know, maybe this woman's not going to want to go after me. And Chazal should say, oh, you see, he wants his own daughter to marry Yitzchak. Why do we only have this remez the second time when he's saying over the story and not the first time when uh, it's happening in real time? So Reb Chaim Brisker says beautifully, that originally it was a very legitimate question that Eliezer was asking. He says, "I'm a slave, and I'm going to tell, I'm going to tell, uh, <laughs> I'm a slave, and I'm going to tell this woman. You know, you want to come across the desert with me? I have a really great shidduch for you. I mean, 
Maybe she's not going to want to go. Maybe she's going to be scared. It's like one time... Okay, I'm not going to say the story. But if you, if you want to hear a good story, call me later. But, you know, it does... Who says this girl's gonna want to follow this strange Evid across the world for some unknown shidduch? So the first time when Eliezer raises the question, it's a legitimate question. But why in the world would Eliezer express to love and embassy? You know, I told, I told my master, maybe this girl is gonna to be too frightened to come with some stranger across the desert. Why would he say that? He's ruining the shidduch. He's staring the shidduch. Oh, it must be he had an improper motivation that he wanted to marry off his own daughter to Yitzchak. I want to say the exact opposite. Because if you look in the Toysvis, Toysvis says, you know, originally Eliezer knew that he can't marry off his daughter to Yitzchak because he knew he was cursed and Yitzchak was blessed. But when Lavan greeted Eliezer, Lavan said, Ata Ata Baruch Hashem. He said, excuse me, the Lashon is, um, Bai Baruch Hashem. So now he's blessed. So he thought now that he got a blessing, then his daughter could marry. Could marry Yitzchak. And by the way, Chazal say that actually he emerged from being cursed. And he is, he is blessed. So I want to say like this. Eliezer is the ultimate faithful slave. At first, it's not necessary to know. It was just a legitimate concern he had. But now the Torah is telling us this motivation because he's, it's teaching us the greatness of Eliezer. You know what Eliezer is saying? Eliezer knows they're hesitating. But when you see somebody's not sure whether something's a good idea, Right? What do you do? You say, really? You're not interested? Oh, there's a long waiting list of people who want to take the spot if you're not interested. So Eliezer is trying to tell them, you should know, don't think that your daughter is the only girl for Yitzchak. No, 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 no. Maybe that was back in the day when I was cursed and Yitzchak was blessed. But you know the only reason why I can't marry my daughter off to Yitzchak. It's because... I was cursed and, and he's blessed. But now, Lavan, you agree I'm blessed. So now, if you're not going to take the shidduch, I'm going to take it. The reason why he's saying that I have a daughter and the only reason, I, and she's not fit because she's cursed, what he's saying is, but you know that now we're not cursed anymore. Basically, I'm jumping on this if you don't want it. And the reason he's saying that is he wants to sort of advance the shidduch. Okay. Um, okay, this is Oyam Venaira. This is Gavaldik. We asked the question Wednesday night. So they're sitting across the table from each other, and Eliezer is telling the Suel, you know, my, my master, Avraham, he's very wealthy, he's prestigious, he has a son, he's the best guy in the market, and we really want him to marry your daughter. And the Suel says, really, why don't you try the, have some uh, cookies? And they were laced with poison. And the Malach came and uh, pushed it to Besuel, and Besuel ate the cookies, and he died. And the, sh- the conversation continues like nothing happened. Why doesn't the Torah say, okay, Besuel died, so they called the Hevra Kadisha, and they carried away his body, and they had a little hespid, 
and a little... I mean, why doesn't Lavan doesn't shed a tear? His wife doesn't shed a tear? I mean, the conversation continues. Imagine, you know, you have two... You have uh, some wheelers and dealers, and in the middle of the conversation, somebody keels over. So they don't even tell you that somebody came into the room to sweep him away. He's still laying on the floor. They have con- they're still conversing. They seal the deal. They make a l'chaim. But I want to say, this week's parsha is the source of l'chaim. And um, avart. Why? Lavan and Besuel, after the shilich is finalized, so Eliezer whips out the fruits. Why is he whipping out fruits? Nothing happened. Yeah, when you agree to make a shidduch, you make a little l'chaim. Now, so first of all, you see that at a l'chaim and a vart, all you need to serve is a few apples. If you're spending thousands of dollars, it's a waste of money. For what? You see you see what a l'chaim is. You bring out, you take out a fig, a date, a pomegranate. And you also see that, you know, you see who instituted this minog. It was Lavan and, uh, okay, anyway. Um, what happened? How could it be Besuel, the main player here, dies, and it's like nobody even flinches? I want to say it's very simple. Does it say in the Pasuk that Lavan died? No. It says, Vayan Achi Havi'ima. Oh, Rashi's brother, where's Lavan? Oh, he must have died. But does the Pasuk say he died? No. Like the principle we learned many times. If it doesn't say it in the Pasuk, then reality does not sense it. The same way, why didn't Yaakov, why didn't um, Asa find Yaakov learning in the base matters of Shema Ever? Because it doesn't say he was there. And if it's not in the architectural plans of creation, it's not in the open reality. So if it doesn't say Besuel died, then Lavan and Rivka, then nobody recognizes that he died. He's sitting there, he's, he's white like a ghost, he has no pulse, he has no respiratory activity, and nobody knows he dies. This is a principle that we find throughout the Torah. That's why nobody knew that Yaakov was in Yeshiva Shema Ever, says Rav Simchazisel Braida. That's why nobody knew that Rivka died. That's why nobody came to her funeral, because nobody knows she died. This is a, this was a, a well-known Yisoyed of Reb Simchazis which would be a very interesting answer to this question. Next. So they asked Rivka, Rivka, you, um, they say, let's call Rivka and see if she wants to get married. So Rashi says, from here we see that you can't marry a woman unless she supplies consent. So they asked Rivka, Haselchi And Vatimer Elach, she says, Yeah, I'm gonna go. Says Rashi, I'm gonna go on my own, even if you don't want. Now, how does Rashi know she was saying, I'm gonna go even if you don't want? She didn't say that, she said, I'm gonna go. The answer is, why did she say, I'm gonna go? She should say, Yes. They asked her, Do you want? She should say, Yes. Why did she say, I'm going to go? I'm going to go means, even if you don't want. Question, why is Rivka unnecessarily ruffling the feathers? They asked her a nice question, do you want to get married? She should say, yes. Is it necessary to stir the fire and say, yeah, and I'm going to do it even if you don't want. I mean, it's not called for. 
It's a very uh, amazing approach over here. The Maral famously says that if HaKadosh Baruch Hu, that if Klal Yisrael responded Nasev and Ishma, if Klal Yisrael were willing to accept the Torah, then why did Hashem have to force the Torah on us, Kegigis? Why was Hashem Kaf Aleim Har Kegigis? But we were willing to accept it. So the Maral says, because you can't observe the Torah because you want to keep it. As if, and if I didn't want, I wouldn't keep it. No, Torah is reality. The whole world is dependent on it. The world couldn't exist without it. It can't be left up to your discretion. It's too important for that. Hashem had to force the giving of the Torah to indicate that Torah is so vital and crucial that He has to force it to indicate that the world can't exist without it. Rivka was telling Lavan and Basuel, don't think that this is happening because you want it. No, my marriage to Yitzchak is, is more important than that. It's so critical that I marry this man. The whole future of the Jewish people is dependent on it. Though the, the existence of the world is dependent on it. So this is happening whether you want it or not. It's like Kabbalah Satoirah. Oh, now we understand why Eliezer's Merameis Tarifka, the two bracelets and the ten Asaras of Mishkalam. He's Merameis You should know this is not a regular marriage. The entire Torah is dependent on it. And therefore it cannot be a matter of discretion. Next. Anybody know, when Rivka appeared to Yitzchak, what was Yitzchak doing? Where had he just come from? He was Ba Miboy Be'er Lachai Royi. Why? What was he doing there? He was, he was, he was bringing a Shidduch for his father Avraham. Bringing Hagar to Abraham. Wow. Isn't that amazing? That when was Yitzchak Zoycha to a Shidduch? When he helped somebody else find the Shidduch. At the time that he was helping his father get married, Hashem says, Ah, oh, you're being Messiah, somebody else? That's the Zman Haroi. That's the Esrat sign for you. You think it's a coincidence? The Torah says, Yitzchak was caught. Now, of... You say big deal was his father. No, it's the biggest, sh- the most important shidduch he ever made. It's the greatest shidduch he ever found to help his father. So Hashem said, "You're helping others." Bezivog, that's when you're zaycha to yours. Okay, one more chiddush. It's in the Ha'arai section, but I'm going to say it as a question for you. It says the Ephraim Yoshev. Rashi says Yoshev is written without a vav. Yashav, that he was appointed on that day. Why? Because of Avraham needed him, so he was promoted. A very simple question for you. Does anybody know why did Avraham need him? Anybody know? Why did Avraham need Ephraim? Because it was his field, that's why. Because it was today Ephraim. So I have a question. Because Avraham needed him, because he had the field, so now he's becoming the president of the country? He happened to own that piece of real estate. That doesn't show any chashivas about him. I mean, anybody could have owned it. Could have been, it, it was a cave. The cave could have been in anyone's property. Because the cave was in his property, he was elevated to become the, the Dayan? Big deal. 
There's a principle in Mechdam Eliyahu that a person's pr- property and possessions are connected to him. There's an idea that the assets that a person has is God sent and they're given to you for your tikkun and for you to do something with it. In fact, even the assets of a family show there's a certain responsibility the family has to that asset. If the Ma'oras HaMachpela was in the field of Ephraim, that means Ephraim, and they didn't know the Chashivas of it, but now they're seeing that this is very important real estate, and Ephraim has it, Bahashgacha, Ephraim must be so Chashuv, if he was divinely given this piece of possession that's needed by Avraham Avinu. That shows something about his essence, if he was given this real estate. Okay. That is um, offering number one. Now we're going to go to some imponderables on the parsha.